Chapter 23 Sheriff Dubois stumbled out of the jeep. He held his hat down to his head and scanned the strange building. He'd parked a decent length away. He no longer cared about his aching back or sore legs. He knew if someone inside spotted the truck, it'd likely start a shootout. He felt deep in his heart that he was already too late. His mother's words were stuck in his head like wads of tissue pushed into his ears. He sensed death. Not his own, but Springfield's and Wendy's. And this notion hung in his chest like a stone from a chain. He took a few steps and braced himself against a tree, wiping his face and hiking up his belt with a grunt and a snort. He wouldn't let himself cry yet, not till things were certain. He drug his heels forward and grabbed a branch, using it to pull himself along. Walking was difficult on the uneven ground. He had no balance. Slowly, he moved from tree to tree, stopping at each one to adjust his gun and make sure no one had seen him. Sneaking at his size required delicate care. He approached a wide pine and pressed his chest to it. He peeked around the trunk and tried to see inside the building. All the windows were boarded up, but a flimsy front door hung open. Dubois knelt and wiggled the knife he kept hidden in his boot. It'd been bugging him all day. As he clutched its handle, a sound came from above his head. A guttural hiss, like the choke of an empty vacuum. He flipped off his hat and spun, falling to a knee and looking up into the branches of the tree. Inches from his face was the head of a beast with its eyes set upon him like stars. Its face was covered in black hair, but its eyes were human. Trails of spit ran from its jaws as its nose flexed, sniffing Dubois like a dog. Its breath was rancid. Dubois blinked and let the thing smell him. It was hanging from the lowest branch, but all Dubois could see was its face. Nothing else about it mattered now. He was looking into the eyes of his killer. The creature began to purr, but then its voice slid into a growl. It moved its head back, studying the sheriff with an unblinking stare. As it lifted its chin and tilted its head, Dubois got a full look at it. The thing had the body of a girl, and it was naked and pale and very thin. But its head grew from its shoulders like a panther with pointed ears and a mane of filth. Dubois couldn't breathe. He watched the thing pull itself farther down the branch. He thought perhaps he was dreaming. None of this could be real. Any moment he would awake, screaming and throwing himself from his bed. The creature licked its teeth and reached a small hand at him. As its fingers touched his lips, the sheriff realized this could be no dream. 
the touch should have ended it. But instead, its cold hand moved along his face, feeling him like a stone through water, tenderly tracing the lines of his mouth and nose. Dubois drew in a breath and yanked the knife from his boot. Then he swung it straight up and stabbed the thing right in the arm. The creature screamed, flailing and falling from the branch. The sheriff dropped back and rolled. He pulled out his gun and leapt to his feet. The thing laid sprawled in the dirt. The knife's long blade had gone clean through its tiny arm and punctured its chest. The sheriff hadn't used the knife in a long time. He'd forgotten the blade was so long and uncontrollable. Blood ran from the creature's breast and spurted from between its ribs. Dubois had only wanted to stab it in the arm, but the thing had fallen straight onto the blade, stabbing itself in the heart. The sheriff stood over it, watching it die. It writhed, smearing itself with blood and gathering in its delicate creases the dry leaves of the forest floor. It was a horrific sight. Its eyes were clenched shut as it moaned and spit up, jerking its big furry head from side to side and rolling onto its back. Now, more than ever, Dubois wished he was dreaming. He'd stabbed it on instinct, thinking the thing's gentle touch would shift to a stranglehold. But now he would not know whether that were true. He looked at its small hand that moments before had touched him with the softness of a lover. Now that hand just twitched with a slowing pulse. The creature's mouth fell open. Its movements trembled, then ceased. Then its bowels gave, emptying onto the leaves between its legs in a crude stream of black. The sheriff turned his face from it, ashamed of his uncontrolled arousal after looking over its body. He shut his eyes, disgusted at himself. He shook his head and realized he was still holding his gun upright, pointing it right at the creature's chest. A swell of anger boiled in him, and he curled his finger over the trigger and aimed at the thing's face, wanting the sound of the bullet to finally end the nightmare. But he couldn't bring himself to fire. He bent over as best he could and picked up his hat, dusting it off on his thigh and sticking it back on his head. He holstered his gun and spat over his shoulder, looking around. He'd been among dreams much like this before, but usually he'd not gotten this far unscathed. If this realm he'd fallen into, whatever the fuck it was, was supposed to teach him something, he'd missed the lesson entirely. All he felt was disappointment. Looking over its small body, and into its fallen open and vacant eyes. Dubois wondered if the thing might have spoken had he given it the chance. He wondered what it might have said. He also thought selfishly that it might have touched him further, touched him the way he often wished things would touch him in his dreams. He knelt once again, staring at its bare legs and feet. He hadn't seen a woman this naked in some time. But to think of it as a woman felt very wrong. But he couldn't control his wandering mind now. 
and as he shifted his slouch, one of his hands reached to touch it along the thigh. Dubois watched his own hand as if it were out of his control. But his hand didn't touch it. Instead, it just hovered upward and grabbed the knife by the handle and pulled it out of the wound. He swung it in the air, flinging blood in colorful ribbons that landed over the thing's breasts. Then he wiped the blade clean along its forearm and stuck it back in his boot. The smell finally hit him. The smell made things real. He gave the body a final glance, but rose and stepped away, moving to the next tree and leaning a shoulder to it. Fat flies began to swarm the body. A hum descended from the canopy and surrounded Dubois on all sides. He shook his head and moved on. He reached the clearing of gravel just outside the building's front entrance and rounded its border, sidestepping along a row of parked cars and ducking behind them. He glanced through a busted-out windshield and got a clear view through the open door. Pat Greer, a known petty criminal, was in there behind a counter of what appeared to be a small store of some kind. Dubois knew Greer's mother well. He also knew quite a bit about her son that he kept from the old woman out of respect for her. Greer was a bad kid. A real sicko. Dubois could tell by the way the sloppy young man leaned, reading a magazine, that he wasn't there shopping. He was working. Whatever business would employ Pat Greer was unwelcome in this county for certain. The sheriff drew his gun and rose to his feet. He marched right up to the front door and kicked it open further, tipping his hat but pointing the barrel of his gun right at Pat's head. Greer looked up from his magazine, sucking at the popsicle. Start talking, the sheriff grumbled. Greer looked at the gun pointed at him, then into the sheriff's eyes. What did I do? he asked. What is this place? Dubois asked, motioning to the walls. Fast stop, Greer replied, acting dumb. A guy I knew from Woody's got me the job. I hadn't heard of it either till I got hired. Kind of hidden, right? Greer had a weird smile on his face. The sheriff frowned at him and stepped into the shop to look around. Greer closed his magazine and slouched further over the glass case, trying his best to tuck away a pounding erection. Being held at gunpoint turned him on. Who? the sheriff asked in a grunt. Who got you the job here? Who told you about this place? Are they the owner? You wouldn't know them, Greer said. They were a regular customer of mine at Woody's. They'd throw me cash to watch me in a booth. I can put on a show, Sheriff. Dubois rolled his eyes. Greer loved to share his nasty lifestyle with anyone around. Finding him here was not a surprise. His irritating presence fit perfectly among the rest of the day's events. Shut up, the sheriff said. I don't need to hear it. Where's Wendy Montgomery? I know she's here, goddammit. Now tell me where she is and take me there right now, or the next time your mother sees you, you'll be lying dead on a stretcher.
Greer smiled, but shook his head. Haven't seen her, he said. I haven't had a customer all day. Dubois stepped up to the counter and crammed the barrel of the gun into Greer's mouth. Greer's erection hardened. Is this the me that you know? the sheriff asked with a smirk. Something in his doughy eyes was gone. Greer could see that now and grew afraid. I asked you a question, Dubois continued. You got cars out front. I trailed one of them here, but it went inside the building. Now I'm in this room with you, and you got a locked door behind you leading right to the spot where it pulled in. Patrick, I want you to listen to me. I'll kill you if you lie one more time. The sheriff cocked the gun and crammed it further into Greer's mouth. Open that door right now, he said. A long silence passed. Greer knew the sheriff wasn't bluffing, but he also had no idea what he was inquiring about. Greer also had no way of opening the door. He thought how best to say this, but found it hard to answer with a gun in his teeth. He raised his hands in the air and took a step back. The sheriff withdrew his weapon, muttering a curse as he stuck it back in his holster. I can't open it, Greer replied with a shrug. I don't have the keys. Dubois shook his head. He realized Greer was telling the truth. He could tell by the way he gulped his words. Well, I saw the car go in there, the sheriff argued. So there's got to be another way in besides that door. It's locked from the outside, for God's sake. He paused a moment, thinking over the structure of the place. Did you see Deputy Springfield come by, he asked. Greer shook his head. Dubois turned and stared out the front door. What in hell, he muttered. He turned back to the counter and glanced at its obscene merchandise. Obviously, this was the kind of place a guy would take Wendy Montgomery. The thought that this was all just a routine prostitution scenario came as a relief. But talking with Greer was a waste of time. Wherever Dusty had wandered was someplace else, not this shit shop. Well, who drives the hearse, Dubois asked. The big white hearse that pulled inside. Whose car is that? I have no idea, Greer said. <laughs>